You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 255 for January 12th, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. I did. Okay, so there's this. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome to our crazy lives. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we listen to, or I listen to, this great podcast. Uh huh. For eight years, he's been podcasting. I've listened to all eight years worth of material, but been following about seven. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we we started listening to <coughs> the podcast about a year into it, right? Yeah, or so. And I think it was the first podcast I ever listened to. Could have been mine, too. Sorry, I mean, yawn. It's not boring, honest. Yeah. But uh, he is covering the, it's called Treks in Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. And he is covering the episode from the Next Generation Star Trek episode, Galaxy's Child, which is the second part mm-hmm. to a arc story within Star Trek where Geordi LaForge, the guy with the visor, falls in love with a holodeck character and then he actually meets her and she doesn't like him yeah well he fell in love with a represent a hollow representation on the holodeck on the holodeck at least i don't get my women on the holodeck of a real person that's what wesley says but you realize that this is all make-believe right what star trek is no it's, it's all real so so you'll share that with us yeah later. i did i did a a van halen song Remember, okay. girl, you really you got, got me, me now. Down. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing. That one? Yes. Well, this one, uh, and they go, you really got me? Well, this one is, uh, she don't love Jordy. She don't love Jordy. Yeah. Okay. So if you're a Star Trek fan out there, you'll get it. If, if you watch not, The Next Generation. If you're not, it won't make any sense at all. But it'd be fun to listen sense. to a rockin' tune. Yeah. So, okay, you need to share a little bit more about this parody song, though, because yesterday you worked quite late. We had a big storm, everybody. Yeah, it was very stormy. 60-mile-per-hour wind, Gus. I almost came in and told you, you know, you might want to save all that or turn things off. Okay, this is how clueless I am. I live in in basically uh, a four-by-eight room four by ten maybe yeah ten or twelve it's my studio and it's it's a big it's a bigger room but it's cut off with these soundproof curtains and so you don't know and what's going on and i didn't have i was doing a voiceover so i shut all my curtains mm-hmm. otherwise i have a window in front of me but i shut mm-hmm. the these soundproof curtains and they're black so you can't see through them and a lot of times you can't hear anything from outside 
it, they work pretty or well. Less. Yeah. yeah, you hear a lot less. So I didn't real. We were forecasted to have this big, huge storm with gusty winds up to sixty miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And it was a warning and all this different stuff. And I'm just thinking, it's not a storm. And, and I could tell because I was in a, in the living room and I could see that the wind was blowing. But and it was I was real in dark. the studio and, and I was. And so I got up and I lit one candle. Okay, I was working on a music video mm-hmm. and then I went and started the parody for. Uh, tracks in sci-fi because yeah. I needed to get it done for tonight to send to him. And so you worked on so this I didn't hear music anything. video all day long editing. Yeah. And then also did a parody for tracks in sci-fi. And spent a one. good couple hours on that baby. And mm-hmm. it was about 1130 at night. And I'm sitting here and all of a sudden, boom, the power goes out. But the nice part is, hey, I have a UPS backup system on an uninterrupted power supply. That's what UPS stands for, by the way. No, not United Parcel Service. So uh, what happened mm-hmm. was it... We it, actually have two of them because you have two computer setups. Well, no, here. I only have one. I have both yeah. computers set up on it. Ooh. And here's what happened. So that drains it really fast. Yeah, exactly. Then. Well, here's what happens. The power goes out. My computers don't even blink because mm-hmm. they're on the uninterrupted power supply, except for the left monitor, which happens to have all the control panels for saving stuff. And it was plugged into a different outlet. So I had to scramble in the dark... And try so you to... called me, so I brought in my one candle and my right. cell phone, which was almost and dead. And so I worked really fast to try and find a plug-in for the monitor. Finally found one. I used my flashlight app. I plugged it in. It Good comes app. on. I re- I take my mouse up to hit save, and the, and the UPS stops, and everything just goes black. And everything shut down. I hadn't, didn't have time to save anything. And I had all sorts of stuff open on there that I had done. I was like, oh, no. But... As I uh, as I brag a little bit about the system that I use, I switched to a Mac about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and I have not really looked back. I hardly ever use a PC anymore, and here's why. When it booted back up, when we finally got power after how many hours? It 12? was about, yeah. 12 hours. We were overnight without power, and then it didn't come back on until 11 this morning or so. Well, we were we actually went out for a late breakfast, so and we got home a little afternoon, and the power was on. Yeah. Well, um, what was I saying? You said when you turned it back on. Oh, or... when I turned it back on, um, all of a sudden every program that I had open, save the audio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the audio one didn't. Well, it, the program opened, but the song I was working on looked long gone. So everything boots back up. And all of a sudden, up comes my video project with not one bit of data lost. Yay. Yeah. And all my Word documents with all the scripts and things I've been working on lately, mm-hmm. they were all there right on my screen, just popped right back up. And I'm like, now who else can, I mean, well, I guess other people with Macs, but uh, you can have your computer shut off accidentally for 12 hours, mm-hmm. turn it back on and have everything come back. Then I thought, oh man, that song that I did, all those background vocals and spent all that time on last night, I put... I put uh, sound bites from the computers, uh, the enterprise computers on it. I had sound clips from the show, Mm -hmm. the whole schmear, and I thought I lost it all. And then it occurred to me, you know, I remember it asking me where I wanted to record this at. And I remember hitting the uh, the wrong thing on accident, and I just did it. It started because you can pick what hard drive you're going to record onto. And so I accidentally picked the wrong directory, but I couldn't remember what directory it was. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that I didn't even call it anything. It was just called Untitled. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm never going to find it. In these. I mean, I've already filled up one whole hard drive on the system. 
So, I mean, I have three and a half terabytes. So a whole terabyte in one year I've done because this is what I do. And then I thought, oh, man, what am I going to do? And then it occurred to me, look up the word untitled. Do you know how many untitled things I have on my computer? Hundreds. Mm -hmm. But. It'd be only one for yesterday. That... That's exactly right. Yeah, I got to check the date. And so I did. And there it was yesterday at 1123, which is when the power went out. Mm -hmm. There was a version of the song. Hit the button, opened up, didn't lose a thing. Yay. <sighs> and so, there was much rejoicing. So sometimes it's worth it to have a decent recording system. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. I'm just so thrilled. Well, I, I have a little bit of paranoia. I have to confess this. Well, I have news for you. Don't. Paranoia will destroy you. Okay. Just thought you wanted to know. Well, I, this is taking me back to, I think, even before we had kids. Oh, I'm I remember not sure. And you're you, going to tell the story. Hold had, on one second. Hold on. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. I can't. It was over 20 years ago, maybe closer to 25. Mm -hmm. And you had a ver little recording studio set up much smaller than you have now. And you had spent about eight hours sequencing up tracks, making little tracks to that you could play live with and sing with. Mm hmm and um it wasn't at our house it wasn't at our house you had brought the we put it on the sequencer stage. on the stage at this church we were going to at the time which was a revamped old movie theater right and right so you have to talk straight into it and so there you go i um was trying to be a good supportive wife and a good um lay person at the church and um we were we were the youth ministers there, but anyway, I was trying to help clean up and get things ready for for whatever you were doing. I don't know if it was a concert it was a or concert. church. Mm -hmm. And I remember what song it was. Mm, and you were practicing, and I decided to like pick up, tidy up the cords and vacuum around the stage, and I accidentally unplugged everything, and you lost eight hours worth of work. Yeah. So now I the paranoia I was talking about is. Um, I am extra careful and it, you, if you come to our house or any other place that I would clean around things, I do not clean very closely to computer things because mm. I do not want to be responsible for losing everyone's work. Yes. <sighs> How did that make you feel? <laughs> what? You told the story. Again? Oh no! I it was a very traumatic experience for me because I remember the look on your face, like. Ah. Well, honestly, you know, over the years, <coughs> I've used a lot of computer programs, and it is the worst when you put in a lot of time, mm -hmm. and then your the video you've worked on or the song you've worked on disappears. That's, and that's the beauty of the Mac. All that to say, I love my Mac. Mm -hmm. I love my Mac. I love my Mac because it allowed me to continue right where I left off mm -hmm. 12 hours before. Yeah. And yeah. it's still storming. Did you know that? Is it really still? It's been storming all day. It started We're supposed to stop at 7 and it's 7.08. So what's up with that? But um, someone 
we asked on Facebook, what would you like us to talk about on our podcast tonight? And someone said, talk about the Seahawks game, especially if we win. Oh, and and I the only reason I'm going to bring this up is that we were hit pretty hard on the coast with rain. Really, just, you know, like... Wind and rain. Wind and rain. So, you know, there's times where it was going horizontal. It and was we're in Aberdeen, down. Washington. We're on the coast. Well, a couple hours inland and up north some is Seattle where the Seahawks were playing today. Right. And it was interesting watching the game in the afternoon and the storm that was blowing pretty hard here... Um, kind of hit there, and mm-hmm. and you're watching this game go on, and you're they, thinking that's got to be miserable. Yeah, miserable to be <coughs> in the stands, miserable to be on the field. Now I'm not a uh, football fan, mm-hmm. but when your team that's only you know 100 miles from you mm-hmm. gets close to getting in the Super Bowl, then I'll watch. I don't really like the games that much. I think one more game, and they'll be they could um, be in the Super. They Bowl. could be in the Super game if, if they win it. The next game, I guess. I I so I worked on a music the music video Uh again today until halfway through the game, and then I came in, sat down, and hung out with you, and we watched the rest of the game, and we watched Mm -hmm. them win. Yeah, they they were pretty much ahead from the first quarter, and yeah, but you know, I one thing I felt bad about is whenever you have a winner. You always have a loser too, and you would feel bad for them. I did. I. I don't I, think you I should. I remember there was this There's really. Gotta be a winner. There's gotta be a loser. There was this really great um, touchdown the Seahawks did, and and it was just like a few minutes left in the game, and it showed it panned over to one of the the Saints, and his head was down, and he looked dejected because that that was going to be the end of their. And you know what I think when I see that, I think. You can look as dejected as you want. You still get a huge paycheck of like millions of dollars. So what the heck? Except for I think their career will last longer if they're in a Super Bowl game. You know they. Well, I think every every person get wants more. Every football player probably wants to go to the Super they Bowl. They want to get the the ring. <coughs> I think they get bonuses ring. too. Uh, yeah, I imagine. I have a feeling. Yeah. I may be wrong, but I and, think and, they do. And they make a lot of money anyway. They but. make more money in one game than I do in like five years or more. Oh, probably in our lifetimes. <laughs> well, I don't want that. <laughs> but uh, they do make a lot of money, especially some of the you know first string, their star players make a lot of money. Yeah. I've it's always, crazy. and I said to you, what did I say to you today? You said, it's kind of our world's backwards how... High, you know, grade school, high school teachers, public school teachers make only a few thousand dollars a year, where the professional athletes make millions. And and who, who does? I mean, no offense to the football players. I mean, some of them really do try. Well, no, to, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying it's ironic. It's weird models, that our teachers don't get to more. make when they're when they're, they're shaping and molding and, yeah. our future generations. Yeah. What are the football players doing? Well, it's mostly entertainment. And so, advertising for yeah. different products. Matter of fact. Stop it, freaking. Go to Beacon. That was like, it was funny because the touchdown I was talking about was something Lynch or something. One of these football players that you recognize Beast him. mode. He's got long dreadlocks. So I recognize him from the commercial. And right. I said, that's a guy from the 
the plumbing commercial. <laughs> Stop freaking. Call Beacon. Hey, we better be careful with that, though, because you, you've done commercials for another plumbing Not for company, Beacon. Fisher Plumbing, in, yeah. in the Seattle area. So we got to watch it. You, um, you've done commercials for their rival. I but, can't think of anything that rhymes with Fisher. <laughs> Wisher? <coughs> no. Sorry, I don't mean to cough. <laughs> I haven't coughed all day. Yeah. <coughs> we turn on the microphone and I start coughing. Go figure. Sorry, yeah. you guys. Gosh. But, but yeah, we had kind of an interesting day. The first half of the day, we had no power and it was cold and dark. <laughs> and I was kind of unmotivated. And finally, I but made this... you go take me out to breakfast late. We had kind of a brunch because I was hungry. And... Well, you had a busy week and so did I in work. Yeah. So that's good. And then we didn't sleep well last night because of the storm and... Yeah, it doesn't. It's not so cool when you feel like your whole house is going to get picked up and you feel like you're going to land in the in the well, land of Oz. I think ever Somewhere since ever since we had 130 mile winds in <coughs> 07 that took off our roof, I never have thought about storms quite the same. I have a lot more respect for Our cat doesn't like him either. Oh no. He hangs out with us. Yeah, I don't know if he's in here now. He was just a minute ago. He I think he's in the window. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's life, and um, we, we've just been really busy, but we've been, when we went out to brunch, we did try to brainstorm a little bit, and our brains were kind of fried from not enough sleep, so I said, why don't we both post on Facebook what people would like to hear, so we got mm -hmm. quite a few good comments, and we're taking them into consideration. Um, one of them kind of ties in a little bit with what we were just talking about because we were just talking about education and the value Oh, I thought you were talking about stop freaking, call Beacon. No. Um, talking about education and the value of investing in the future generation. Well, I'll tell you. <coughs> one day, sorry, man, I'm going to stop coughing. One day I was reading my Twitter feed mm -hmm. and somebody posted something about I wish they'd make that baby shut up. And they were in the, they were in a church service, mm -hmm. and then and then the next tweet was, I don't understand why parents bring their kids into the sanctuary. It just messes it up for everybody. And I I got mad, and so I wrote back and I said, you know, the minute our kids become an inconvenience to us, then we probably shouldn't be having kids, mm -hmm. because if you can't bring your kid into church, I understand that some kids are obnoxious and you got to well, deal with them. But have, you know, if they're sick or, or I understand hurting that. or something, you might, but, need but to the attitude was, Hey, this is our time. Let the kids go to the nursery or whatever. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. that's not really right. You know, to, to think that your kids are an inconvenience. So anyway, he didn't like me for a while because of that. Yeah. But I just, I just thought about the difference in, I mean, I know a lot of people that are excited when the kids go back to school because then they have free time on their hands. Mm -hmm. They don't have to – basically a babysitting service to teach their kids, you know, stuff. And well, then they go back to school, which I can – you know, I can understand that. But I also think you got to be really careful. Yeah. So so we thought we would talk today a little bit. One of our, our listeners is a homeschooling mom, mm -hmm. and she thought it would be interesting to hear some of our stories – over the years, because we homeschooled our kids up until they were juniors in high school. Mm -hmm. And then they went well, to kind, public school. Yeah, kind of. Um, you know, I, I don't ever want to make anyone feel bad because they did things differently than someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not, I and, don't mean that. And, you know, when you, 
Catherine, our youngest, was home until she went to college. Um, but actually, her 10th grade year, I had had to go back to work. And she had, um, I was working away from home a lot. And so we um, did a transitional year. And she did public school, but online. Right. So she kind of got used to having other teachers besides me. Right. And actually, her freshman year, she was on the computer um, with a, a Christian school curriculum. But I was there kind of to tutor her a little bit, but I was still working. Right. So there's been different phases in our, our life. And our, we're going to talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that. But yeah. first. But first what? You want to hear the song? Oh, you want to show your Star Trek song? Why not? Okay. I like to rock out with the best of them. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, Have fun. This doesn't really transition well. But no, it doesn't. But so okay. you made the transition without talking to me. You just well, I just kind of went with it because uh, I thought it would go. <laughs> you're, you're a funny lady. Uh, okay. All right. Play okay, your so song. This is the song. Okay, if you know the episode, it's Galaxy's Child. It was the one where... The space monster attacks the Enterprise. They shoot the giant space slug, like a space slug, and they shot the space slug to try and get it to stop irradiating the ship, and they killed it on accident. But then, what are you doing? Oh, I'm reading a comment by Al Castro on Facebook. Stop, because Joyce and I were talking (coughs) about football. All right. (laughs) Okay. So, what happens is they get some readings, some sensor readings. That it may still be alive, but when they, upon investigation, they find that the space slug was pregnant and the baby's still alive. But the mom isn't, so they have to so do Dr. an emergency cesarean with section. the ship phasers. Has Worf helper, mm-hmm. and they cut a hole in the mom's space slug, and out pops the baby, and the baby automatically goes, "Mommy!" and runs towards the Enterprise and latches to it and sucks up the energy. Mm-hmm. So now they're in trouble. Yeah. Now they have to figure out how to get the space slug off the ship. It reminds me more of like a a, a fish, a sucker fish. It's a space slug. Okay. And so the space slug then um, has to have a team of people figure out how to get it off of the Enterprise. <coughs> and it happens to be the lady that designed the engines of the Enterprise and Jordy and he thinks that she's not married, but she is married. He finds out and well, freaks out. Well, he doesn't know that she's right. married. He, and he's in love with her. That's not till another episode, though. So what? About the whole married thing. No, this is the episode oh. where he finds out that she's married. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the first episode. No, this is the Space Slug episode oh, where okay. they have to work together. Because they work together in the other episode, And too. basically what they but do is they say, they say everything in space resonates at 21 centimeters. So they had to sour the milk. So they had to turn it down the whatever the space was radiating, or whatever it was doing. To, to basically sour the, the frequency milk of space. To wean the. the they space tra- and they had slug. to turn down the frequency in order to wean the baby space plug, plug, slug, slug off of the Enterprise and go back to the asteroid field where its family was. Okay. And so that's basically the episode. Uh-huh. And so I did uh, the Van Halen song, "You Really Got Me Now," and this is called. Um, she doesn't, or what is it? She don't love Jordy instead okay. of you really got me. Okay? All right. All right, everybody, here it is. Dr. Brahms is ready to transport, sir. Okay, bring her over. 
Hi. I mean, um, welcome aboard, Dr. Brahms. I'm Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge. Chief LaForge? So you're the one who's fouled up my engine design. Studium at Starbase 313. We picked you up so you could see our engine. Liam, you change your hair, you know. On the holodeck, you were out of sight. Liam, you walk right through to me, not even giving me the time of day. Liam, you come and dine in with me. I'll make this dinner, how about food, Jilly? She know my Jordy. She Explores an alien He shoots it dead in space but inside There's a baby whatchamacallit They do a C-section and it survives The thing, it latches onto them And tries to nurse the Enterprise Meanwhile, in the Jeffrey's tomb Jordy makes his move on this prom She don't love Jordy She don't love Jordy She don't love Jordy frequency so that it's completely foreign to the life form's natural vibrations might just give us enough to pour a little vinegar in baby's milk what do you think hmm yes that's, that's you should have seen amy right when i said you're married ow she jumps up on her chair and starts doing air guitar it was awesome <laughs> she's laughing because no. i secretly taped her doing it and so no. Go to our YouTube channel. No, that did not happen. YouTube.com slash Rick Moyer 777. And see Amy air guitar to Van Halen. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, mercy. They soured the milk. Okay. So now can we talk about our subject? Wow. (laughs) Testy tonight. You've been like this like the last. Okay. So in the middle of the night. Okay, this is it's cold. It's cold. I don't even know that this it's, happened. Okay, it's really cold. The dog is on the bottom of the bed, so the I can't pull the covers over me. Uh-huh. So I decide maybe if I turn to the left, I could maybe hold your hand because I like to hold your hand when I'm sleeping. I know. Did you know that? I, every 
once in a while. Yeah. Okay. So I reach over to hold your hand and think I'm going to get warm with your blankets. <laughs> and what do you, what do you do? You go, stop it. I no. have, okay. I have no idea stop that it. was happening though. And then you push me away. I have no idea that this was This is three happening. in the morning, ladies and gentlemen, where I'm freezing cold. Okay. We don't have any power, no heat. I'd only been asleep for like two hours and I guess I was in deep REM. So I must've been dreaming you were something. Deep something. I didn't wake up. <laughs> that, you're I didn't mean even when know. you're asleep. I held your hand at like six in the morning when you woke me up and talked, and I was like, I need seven or eight hours of sleep. Well, then I, le- I had to leave, and you ha- then you got to sleep. I went out I, in the car. I, know. I said, since you're wide awake, if you want to go charge up our cell phones in the car, you can. <laughs> so so I can she still sleep. tells me to take the dog with me. <laughs> so I can sleep a little bit. And then even proceeds to throw clothes at me so that I would go outside. <laughs> I'm like, what? I didn't so I went outside. And you, you did too. I did tell you that your star, yeah. or your Seahawks sweatshirt was in the closet. <laughs> um, never mind. So it's a- so I go out in the car with my coat and all my clothes on and everything. Well, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to go outside. <laughs> and I put the dog in there with me. She has her her little rubber bone, uh-huh. and we start to listen to the Carey Brothers on public radio. And uh, what are the Carey Brothers? They're like home guys that fix homes and stuff oh okay they're pretty cool the, so i was listening to them yeah. and then the money pit show or something kind, or well, house, something, something, like that. something like that and uh and so jade found the different crumbs to eat in the car yeah and then i charged up the phones but you know what if you're using your phone and trying to charge it it doesn't charge up as fast yeah so yours charges up to like 80 percent, and mine's still at like 13 yeah because i was texting a bunch of friends uh-huh and I didn't sleep well because there's thunder and lightning and things sounding like they were blowing over. And mm-hmm. so I did try to get some more sleep. I didn't much. And then then Catherine was noisy or something happened. You were talking. Were you talking with Catherine or something? I think I was talking with Jade. Oh, okay. Maybe you came in. So I just, I'll, I'll get up because <laughs> there's no use. <coughs> I went to the store and got some hot cocoa. Yeah. Brought it home for you. And then realized you don't drink hot cocoa right now. Well. So I should have got you tea, but you drank it anyway. And then we went out for breakfast. And then I got my tea finally. Yeah. And No, it wasn't Ergore hot, even though everybody thought that. It was just Lipton hot. Lipton. That's all they had. Yeah. They go, is Lipton okay? I was just like, any kind of tea. Just give me tea. You know, I like Lipton, (laughs) and I also like the tea that our friend Shirley sent us from the British store. Yeah, that was Real British tea. It was very much stronger, and they put like like three times as much in a tea bag as we get in Lipton tea bags. So it actually had some to it. Yeah, it's quite strong. Thank you, Shirley. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, it was like 10, 11 in the morning, and I hadn't had any tea yet. That's not usually a good thing. I you know, though, when you don't tea have tea, quickly. you don't have to pee. That's less. That's true. Mm-hmm. Tea is a diarrhea. Take it from me. Yes. I yes. know you can see. Oh, mercy. So tea is a diuretic, so if you drink a lot of tea, you do have to make more bathroom breaks. She shouted with glee. Okay. <laughs> I did that for free. Lord help me. That was a plea. Yes. Oh, mercy. This is the Moyers on Not Enough Sleep the Night Before. And she made the decree. Okay. So, 
We had a request from Laura in the United Kingdom. United Kingdom. She wanted hello, hello us there. to... By the way, Laura and Daniel, mm-hmm. this morning we got a nice little email. And uh, thank you for helping the podcast and being such cool people. Yes. We appreciate nice. your support. Nice to know we have people that are very faithful at listening and, and praying for praying us for and us, supporting us. And listening. Yeah, we appreciate when people listen. It's always nice mm-hmm. when people listen. Yes. Well. Okay, so Laura said on the comments, she'd kind of like us to do some things about homeschool because mm-hmm. she, she's homeschooling her children. Which, she actually has, has um, she actually quit her job mm-hmm. and, and, um, and stayed home with the kids because she felt like she needed to instruct them and be with them more. Mm-hmm. And I think she's doing an awesome job. Of course, I don't live there. I don't know them per- really super close, but I always get a kick out of her posts. And I, I think mm-hmm. her kids are, are awesome. And, of course, I know Dan a lot better, obviously. And he's an awesome guy. But uh, we do have a lot of stories about it because there's this weird stereotype out there. Mm-hmm. You either think that homeschool people are really awesome or you think they're totally stupid and it's just an excuse to um, not let your kids get educated. That seems to be the two fronts. Have you noticed that? There's really no yeah. in-between. Yeah. Even though if you were to look at statistically, mm-hmm. more people are being homeschooled now than ever before. Well, in modern times. because In it, modern times, yeah. It well, used to be that there weren't any public schools and... You know, only the very wealthiest people got educated. Right. Um, and unless they had some kind of tutor to teach their children <coughs> or they taught them themselves, they didn't get educated. Right. Well, they, now here, okay, so there's these two school of thought. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is um, a lot of people just don't think that the quality of education is really good if you teach them at home. But here's the deal. There's a, there are motives on why you teach your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on the motive you have depends on the type of education they're going to receive. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So in other words, we, ha- we had friends on every gamut mm-hmm. of this. We had friends that used that educational approach. Whatever they like and are interested in, that's what I teach them. And they didn't have really a scheduled curriculum they just kind of said, "Here that, you go." That's kind of interest motivated, right? And or, and there there and, are pros and cons mm-hmm. to that. the The pros are that you really learn a subject you like and you really learn it because yeah. you want to. The cons are you don't know anything else. You you don't have a, a rounded mm-hmm. type of education. So there's those people that did that. There were other parents that we knew that basically said, "I'm home. I'm pulling because their kids were having behavioral problems." They pull them out of school, say they're homeschooling, but they don't really do that. Oh, yeah. They put a workbook in front. They buy a workbook off online or something, and then they put it in front of the kid and say, here, learn your school stuff. And that in itself is not really cool either. And then there are the ones. We have these. We still know some of these folks mm-hmm. that are like the um, – they're not militia, but they're they're like that. They're like um, – Very they're scared. very – Well, no, they're scared oh. that their kids – are going to get um, corrupted mm-hmm. by the worldly public schools, which in some aspects there are some bad stuff that goes on, but it's mm-hmm. not nearly as crazy as what they paint it to be. Not always. I mean, there are Well, I guess it would depend. There's exceptions. 
Um, so you got those people that, that homeschool their kids out of fear. Now, what we found is that fear is not a good motivator. I mean, it will get you going, mm -hmm. but in the long run, it really suppresses and oppresses the child if you're scared of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew somebody that when they were um, blowing up stumps out here in the in the thing, took their kids and hid them in the bedroom because she thought the war had started. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, it's just dynamite. That's all. <laughs> they were blowing up stumps. But but yeah. you know, and then we we hope that this is what our motive was. We just really felt like we only we and this this is true now that they're grown up. We only have a certain amount of time with our kids. You know, they're born, and then you think that that twenty years is going to be a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it shoots by. Yeah. I and just... before you know it. It seems they're like it was just the other day that we were taking our first son camping up in Canada. And he's and, putting rocks in his mouth. Yeah, and you had him in a little baby pack that you're carrying him around on our hike. And, you know, yeah. it was like, wasn't that just yesterday? No, <laughs> it sure wasn't. But it seems like it goes well, by and that, really so that fast. Was, that was our motivation. I remember um, when we you had brought it up to me and I went to public school. And so did I. Yeah. I'm all the and way I had through a, I had a very I had a very good experience in public school. Of course there were some things I got in trouble with too. But for the most part I loved it. But now I, and I yeah. did okay grade wise. I wasn't spectacular. I didn't get on like I guess I was on honor roll a couple of times, but but I was more into the social aspect of high school. I had a great time and was involved in the band and drama and art and all that kind of stuff. Computers, that kind of thing. When they mm -hmm. first came out, the Apple IIe. I was involved in computers and hated every minute of it. I loved it. Um, but See, it was go. a computer program. And I had a great experience. I remember graduating, having an awesome graduation and a senior party. And we, I just had a great time and then went to college. And, that, and then everything was different. And it was just quite an experience. But. Um, I wasn't opposed to it, but I remember when you brought it up to me, I wasn't opposed to public school. I remember when you brought it up to me and said, I've really been thinking about it. When we have kids, this was before we had kids, I really think that we should homeschool our children. And I went, what? What? And I think we got in an argument over it. Really? I don't yeah. remember that. I don't even remember talking I brought to up you all. It. I brought up everything that nor normally everybody does. Well, they won't get the right socialization. That's the first thing I said. And you're like... That's not true. We we are involved in church, and we would go into different activities at the YMCA, and you you had it all ready to go. You laid it right on out, and they said, "Okay, well, well, you know, what about like people that they need to learn like specialists and different things like that? I mean, they're not going to learn that from us." And you basically said, "Well, you know what? There's different classes we can put them in. There's different things they can be involved in where they can learn those things if they're interested in them." But uh, and then you said, well, I just really want to spend time with my kids and be part of their lives as, as long as we can. And not in a, I don't know, not in a protective gloating over, goading, gloating, I don't know what you call it. Helicopter over, parent. Right. Not like that. But you were serious. You were genuine in your want to be part of their education and help introduce them to all the different things that were so wondrous in our world and, and do all that kind of stuff. And you, you really did your research. And so you kind of combated all my thing, my fears. But then I had to tell my family, and that was no fun because my family's totally. My family handled it. They were fine well because there was a whole another side well, of your family that on does my, that. On my side, my sister, I have two siblings that have masters in education and teach um, 
Well, one teaches high school and one teaches in prison, but he teaches like... He teaches the prisoners. Prisoners. He isn't a prisoner. No, but he teaches prisoners. Right. Um, but my other um, daughter, our sister-in-laws, one um, was a, a substitute or not a, a para ed is what it oh, is. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, at the time her kids were little, she's really <coughs> involved in the grade school. Mm-hmm. And my other sister in law started out as a preschool teacher at the church that we went to when my, um, when her oldest was a preschooler, and then they were involved in a, a Christian school for a while, and she was a, a para educator in the Christian school, and then she started homeschooling. And then my oldest brothers started homeschooling after they ran into some difficulties. They adopted five children. And um, the public school that they were involved in, their children that had English as a second language were really struggling because they weren't getting the one-on-one they needed they would be talking about Shakespeare in English class, and they had no idea where that was coming from. They were having a hard enough time with Just modern adjusting. English. Right, right. Because <laughs> they had adopted older children. And so they ended up starting homeschooling. And so we had part of my family had been involved in public school, private school, and homeschool. And when our kids were little... The thought of them being away from me all day, it it just was sad to me. <laughs> and so, and I had gone, when I was in college, um, I, at different times, toyed with different majors. And, and for a while, it was elementary education. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it was art. And so those were a couple of my passions. And and so I really read everything I could about homeschooling, read tons of books. And um, especially with boys, my, f- my oldest two were boys. Um, there are quite a few philosophies out there in the homeschooling community about the advantage of having things more hands-on and more um, one-on-one tutoring for boys that there's a lot of benefit to that because their brains aren't ready to be um, really in a classroom until they're 11, 12, 13 years old. Their brains aren't developed for the abstract and to sit for all that time. And, and yeah, I did have my boys sit, but I remember um, one funny story is one of our boys who turned out to be a very gifted carpenter and he makes a really good living um, as uh, he's almost a journeyman. He's like a fourth level apprentice now. Oh, more than that. Okay, whatever. I don't. Fifth I, or sixth I can't level. remember how many yeah. levels there are, but he's doing really well. Um, he. He's gonna get his wizard hat pretty soon. <laughs> he had a hard time sitting. Um, not that he was hyper, but he just get fidgety. And I remember giving him his spelling words and letting him pace back and forth. Um, quoting the letters back in the words, you know, right. telling me how to spell the words and what the words meant. And, and he couldn't have done that in a public school situation. Right, right. And so there was a verse 
in the Bible it says train your child up in the way they should go. And and to me Well it just says more than that. And when they are all old they will not depart from it. But right. to me But that, that meaning was go ahead. Well, in the Amplified Bible. It's yeah. the one you plug into the amplifier. Uh-huh. It says, um, train up a child in the way or the gift or the avenue they're bent on. Yeah. And when they're old they won't depart from it. So in other words, if they have a certain like about a subject or something like that, really emphasize that. Let them learn as much as they can because that's probably something that they are made to do. And so... Boy, was he. Yeah. Well, and, and our oldest son, at a very young age, we got our first computer when he was two or three years old. An IBM compatible with no mouse. Yeah. And it ran DOS. on DOS. And so here he was three years old and... He wanted to know how to spell the DOS commands. Mm -hmm. And so he learned a lot of how to read and write through DOS. He wanted to make the computer go, and I really didn't know. I, I had had I basic. Helped him. Yeah, but he, well, he watched you. Right. And then you go off to work, and he'd go, Mom, how do you spell run? And I would go write out the letters for run, and then he would find the corresponding letters on the keyboard. <laughs> and then... <coughs> the enter button we called the boot. So he would press R. Oh, because it looked like U, a boot, the shape N, of a boot. And then he would press the boot <laughs> to enter it. The they don't command. look like that anymore. But they used to. Yeah, they used they to look used like, to look like, like a, the return a thing. Boot. Yeah. yeah. Electric um, typewriter. And so he would press the boot. And then um, he would ask, How do you spell boot <laughs> right and so he would learn all these he, different yeah, things yeah he would watch you do things and then want to do those when i wasn't there yeah and he did he did and so and he's been that way ever since and so when he was um i homeschooled him up through his 10th grade year and um he had used a variety of different curriculums but I I tried his last year. I and remember. Our, but our our goal was to give them a rounded education, not we, just. We tried to give them a rounded education. And we and we used we the also, we went to the library. We bought curriculum. We went. We to borrowed the, books and things from other homeschoolers and other families. We went and to the, from the library every week. Yeah, and especially and, when they were little, I would get. Oh, you got like 15, of, 20 books at a time. Well, and, and all video kinds series of science and stuff. videos yeah. and all kinds. Because we didn't have cable, but right. I would let the kids get um, Reading Rainbow, which right. was one Reading day. Rainbow. It's the LeVar Burton Hoop. Jordy. Jordy that you just did the song about did yeah. a fabulous series. Um, yeah. And we got all kinds of different science and it's nature in book. things. Just take a look. Yeah. So we did a lot of that. We went to the library when they were little. They ha they sat and did story time with other kids. So that right. was another socialization thing. Right. And sure. then they were very involved in our church groups. Nev and never once was my were my fears realized, and what I was scared of when we went to go start that whole thing of of teaching the kids. Now I wasn't as involved as I should have been because I was busy. And a little bit of a workaholic. Yeah, at the time. But um. But also, but but what I was gonna say. Sorry, I know you like to talk about this, but I'm here too. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, teacher Amy. Yeah. Amy, flamey Amy. Go ahead. Okay. Uh. Well, I don't even know what I was saying now. Thank you. Thank you very much. You said none of your fears. Were oh, realized. none of my fears were realized because our kids really were great talking with adults and other 
kids. They didn't, um, they were involved in all sorts of sports activities and, and you name it, they were involved in it. And I know that they would complain and say, well, you didn't let me do this and you didn't let me do that. But for the most part, our kids did everything they wanted to do. And I mean, you know what I mean? Things that were good for them. And, and what was interesting was when we, when you realized the time, the grace was over and it, each one of the kids had a different time when that happened. Uh, when they got a certain age, we realized I, I we weren't we weren't able to teach them the way we felt well, they should be I, taught. I realized the limits of my abilities to adequately tutor them. Right. Um. Especially, and now some people do find homeschooling up through all the way through high school and into junior college. And yeah, now I know. Some people have, but. For me personally, um, when it got to the higher math and science, even though I did fine in those in high school yeah, and, you graduated. and in college, yeah, um, I was on honor roll all the way through high yeah. school. I did well in college, but I personally didn't feel like I had the skills or the patience and the patience and the ability to actually teach the higher math and science so my grace for homeschooling personally ran out, ran right about, out 10th about 10th grade right and we have this awesome program in the state of washington where we live called running start and it allows homeschoolers or public schoolers mm -hmm. If you want to, you can have your kids you go You have to have up. a certain grade point average, and you have to take a test. Well, not necessarily a grade point average, but you go and take the test right. at the college. If you can pass the college entrance exam, which all my kids made the necessary scores right. to get into college right. when they were 15, 16 years old. <coughs> right, and, it, and, and so they went and they took college classes and mm -hmm. got credit for high school at the same time mm -hmm. so when they graduate or when they graduated mm -hmm. um they had their associate arts degree uh nathan yeah. did uh, the Nath regular one nathan and andrew did, a, yeah. did the carpentry program for two years and was voted the the Carpentry's carpenter of the year and all yeah. this jazz and he um out of that he was guaranteed entrance into the carpenters union mm -hmm. and as a result of that got hired on at the place he's at now and they love him and he loves it and mm -hmm. it makes he make more money than i ever saw yeah, you know, it's like he Both he of actually <laughs> he made more money in one week than we do, in like a month sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Really? Yeah. He had a bunch of overtime that he worked. Yeah, and, but it, you know, carpenters make a lot of money when the, and then they have when they like work, time but then they have times when they're sometimes. off. Yeah, but um, but he was able to graduate from high school and do the carpentry program mm -hmm. and get into the union and start working. Mm -hmm. It was a few months before he got a job, but he got it, mm -hmm. and and he started doing that. Now, Catherine is doing the same thing. She's now going to the college and getting her high school diploma mm -hmm. at the same time as getting her associate in arts degree. So and, this this was a great... And, and then here's the nice, nice part is we yeah. don't have to pay for the, the covered courses. I mean, we do through our taxes. Mm -hmm. But if we were to just send them up there to get their AA after they graduated from high school, mm -hmm. it would cost thousands of dollars to have and them go through And we've already this. paid thousands of dollars to homeschool them. Right. See, it does cost money of, to do it. And top of that, I didn't work for for the majority of those years we were homeschooling right. other than maybe doing gardening for a neighbor right. or something little. Right. 
in the summers. You know, I and that's not really... to, and that's not ditzing on people that have to go to work. No, because right now I have to. Right. You know, you started your is, business. Yeah, and this five is one of the reasons that she and... was went into the one curriculum. Yeah. Early. But if the kids were smaller, we would have done that too. We would have figured out some way yeah. to work it all out. But the but the point is, um, for us, mm-hmm. we wanted to spend time with our kids and we want to have adventures with them that we couldn't really have when they were tied down to the public school. I mean, we got to go on field trips and go places that mm. most kids don't get to go and do. Yeah. And we got to meet fascinating people and do fascinating what? things. And the other part mm-hmm. was cool was that specialization in education mm-hmm. where Nathan was really interested in computers and sci-fi, a lot like me. And he and he does that now. Yeah, that's what he does. He's an IT yeah. guy, but he's he graduated with his master's. Not master's, bachelor's. Bachelor's degree, I'm sorry, in film and mm-hmm. cinematography. That's pretty cool. But when he was going to college, both both community college and university, he um, worked as an IT guy. And so it was interesting when he got out of college, he had this degree in film, but not a lot of experience, but he had all this experience right. working in IT. And so right now he's the lead technician, um, technician. at a bank, a local bank. Well, it's not just local. They yeah, have 29 branches. Right. So and he takes care of the computers mm-hmm. and upgrade systems and has a staff of people that he works with. And, yeah. and I, I, I think he likes his job. I think he does, you know, and, um, you know, he still does some video work, sometimes helping you with oh, video yeah. shoots. Yeah, yeah. And if I if I have a good enough budget, I always hire him to do stuff. Because and he does some of his own commercials He's like 50,000 times better than I am, so. And he does fantastic wedding photography and different yeah. things, too. So mm-hmm. he's still using some of his degree, um, but it is interesting how he's got a job and what he did. While he was going to college, right, but right. but you know, God has a plan. But he's always from the time he was just a toddler. Well, and that's, and he that's was the really beauty. Computers, and that's so. the beauty of specialized education. Yeah. When you, we, I mean, we. He also learned history, and he also learned all these other things. At least he tried. <laughs> I tried. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, he obviously did because he made it into the college classes. Yeah. And and he got good grades there, too. So, yeah. Uh, but he's the type of person that can not even open the book and still get A's. It, it kind of was disgusting. but <laughs> because I No, worked, I was pleased for him. That's yeah. Great. But I, I remember I worked really hard <coughs> studying for my grades, but he was kind of one of those kids that was... Na- a natural or something some of us have to work hard that and i think he he understood google before everybody else maybe did. Yeah. i think i think That's that was no. a lie. no he's actually a really smart guy and yeah. uh, he's he's such a nerd like me so. matter of fact i was standing in line for a bathroom at this wedding reception and one of nathan's friends said Oh, you should ask Nathan Moyer. He knows everything. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm going, do you realize that his mom's standing right, right here? That's awesome. And she was being serious. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, funny. But he was always real bright. And but but let me ask you a couple of questions are, then. So mm-hmm. are you are you are do you have any regrets from homeschooling the kids? That it happened so fast. It does go <laughs> quick. My I have to say my favorite thing of homeschooling was the snuggle factor snuggle factor because you're gonna I, freak everybody out okay yeah when they were 15 years old no, I was snuggling no, on the couch no, not well maybe Catherine. <laughs> no that's different but, that's a daughter but my um even my boys when i was teaching them to read 
you know, a lot of times we would, you know, sometimes we did the lessons on the table, like for writing and stuff. Right. But when it was just practicing their reading, um, we would get on the couch and get some cozy pillows and and we would get our books out and we would take turns reading chapters sure, and sure. and you miss that huh and we would get because like you a, tried that with the cat and with the dog and they don't they're uh, it's just really rough with the dog we would get different <clears throat> stop Sorry. we would get different history um series like historical fiction mm-hmm. um american girls and there was um american tales or something i can't remember the name of it but there was one historical series that followed children they always the main character were children american adventures i mm. think it's what it's called and it started off in in europe and then it followed the pilgrim children um to the united states and then it went up with different generations all the way up to world war ii mm. and the great depression and and it was just fascinating series where they got to learn about history, but from a child's perspective, and it made it a lot more interesting. And the American Girl books were like that, too, or a real popular series where the main characters were children. So I tried to make, um, you know, some of the subjects more fun. I don't know if I always succeeded, Um our oldest son, because he was such a computer nerd and a geek, science geek, you know, just a geek like his dad. Um, I remember when he was like nine, ten years old, I was overwhelmed trying to teach two younger kids, you know, their basics, reading, writing, math, and right. the fundamentals. And so I, I said, you know, Nathan, he read really well at that age and really liked doing hands-on. I said, why don't you teach science this year? So I got a bunch of books. Oh, you're funny. I got a bunch of books of science experiments, right. and it came actually with kit that had all the different things in there to make your own magnets and your own compass and different things. I said, Nathan, I'd like you to pick an experiment every week and gather up the things and teach your younger brother and sister how to make these things. <laughs> and Did it work? I remember getting a little guff from a certain relative about she didn't think it was good that I was having my oldest son teach. Hey, the science, best way to learn something is to teach it. I really think so. I, I know, do. I think so. I know when I am studying for a <clears> lesson <throat> and I'm going to prepare for. Someone, when I teach somebody I, how to update their website, I learn tons. Yeah. Because I have to go do all the research. So I think he probably learned a lot more by by teaching his younger sure, brother and sister sure. and that gives them confidence too of explaining things and he has to do that all day long at work now because yeah. he has to explain so, different people how to run the so the only or fix that the only regret you have is that they it was too fast you know when when they got older it got a little harder just dealing with <laughs> teenage issues For sure. um, what, do, but, is there anything you wish you would have done differently hmm I don't know. You've told us what your favorite thing about it was, and you've told us that it goes too fast. I think the is only there something thing you would I, do different now that you? I think the have only thing it? that I really wish I could have figured out, and I don't know how I would have done it, is I tried to get them to get 
tutors for some of the harder subjects. Right, right. And they kind of was like, oh, kind of were mousy about it. And so they ended up, you know, having to How do that How did they take expensive classes? Yeah. Yeah. But pay, they had to pay for their own classes. Yeah, for, for some of the advanced yeah. math. And I tried teaching that to them at home, but um, I didn't do very well. <laughs> I mean, we went through it all, but I think um, the well, reason Well, maybe somebody out there has. I have to color my hair. It's <laughs> from advanced <laughs> algebra, but um, yeah, you know, I I think definitely through grade school, I, I have very little regrets. Even junior high, we did pretty well. Um, high school is a little bit harder for me to homeschool, but I still um, I still valued the time. I one of my fondest memories with my oldest was his last year, we had had pretty structured curriculum up through um, ninth grade, and he was kind of ahead. He did a lot of, like, 10th grade classes even in ninth grade. And so you had to be, quote-unquote, a junior or going into your 11th grade year going to um, go to running running start. And so his last... Um, semester or so at home, I decided, you know, we're, we're going to do a, a different semester this year. And I said, let's, let's do all the works of Shakespeare. We did the, all the complete works of Shakespeare. And that was one of the classes I did just kind of for fun to prepare him for college so that he had to um, dig into one of the plays and then write about it. And we had a biography that we did. And I remember him being kind of lost because it was archaic language to him. So um, I remember laying on our bed with both of our heads looking at the TV, watching Comedy of Errors and trying to follow along with the play, along with the movie. And um, just kind of that was kind of a fun experience experience. learning about Shakespeare along with him because I had touched on it in high school, but we didn't do all the work. So right, right. We, we did that. And then um, <laughs> he had a video software um, program that he was learning to do the video editing for the church we were at. Right. We were pastoring at the time. And so I made that one of his classes and he did really awesome videos for different um mission ministries and all kinds of things and so that kind of got him a start and he ended up doing so when he went to community college he did Mm -hmm. some videos for the english professors and yeah and then of course he got his degree in cinematography but i kind of his last semester i said let's just do some interesting classes and um you know, we didn't have as much of a structured curriculum as because when you went to college, you know, usually you had reading assignments and lectures and right. you had writing papers. So right. the last semester of homeschool, we did a lot of writing papers to sure. try to get him sure. ready for college. And Okay, so we have to wrap up our program you talk we can talk a lot about you can talk yeah. a lot about this um why don't we why don't you give somebody advice that has young children um why don't you give somebody advice if they say well i really want to homeschool my kids what would you say they should start by well 
first of all, um, I think that parents are always the first teachers where they they decide to homeschool or not. Or if they work. Yeah. I mean, because um, you're, you're going to work when you do the homeschool stuff, too. But you know what I mean? Like, if you go out and work at a job outside the home, mm-hmm. uh, you're still their parent. You're still their parent. You're going to always be an example. Sure. They're going to learn from you. Them. Right. Um, I think what I really wanted to talk about in this program, I don't really feel like we've, I tried to introduce it, but you talked a lot more than I thought you would about it. So That was her way of rebuking. Um, would you no. like to talk about it next week? Um, well, what I wanted to say is that I read this <coughs> book one time called Family Matters, and it was written by a public school teacher in mm-hmm. Bainbridge Island. I picked it up at the public school library. I thought, this is interesting. He He's a public school teacher, and yet he chose to homeschool his children, probably his wife mostly homeschooled, but he was involved in it because he he didn't feel pe- people actually learn as well unless they have more individualized learning so that they can ask questions and they can get feedback. I've I've heard before that you can learn as much in 20 minutes of interactive learning, asking questions, researching, right. than you could in six hours of lecturing in sure, classroom. Sure, sure. So, you know, this is some things he... He tried to approach in his public school classroom by using workbooks and letting kids go at their own paces, but he he realized the limitations of that. Right. But he noticed, as a teacher, this one important thing was that family matters and that kids who had family who were interested in their education, who had enrichment activities took them to the zoo took them to the library watched bbc or pbs or you know with their kids that they were they were interested in learning themselves as parents and being lifelong learners that those kids sci-fi channel too that was really important yeah i'm sure so i rolled my eyes there just in case you know um that those kids who had family that were interested in learning that those kids did much better in school compared to families that sometimes not always their own um not for their own fault but because of life circumstances they're just not paying attention to their kids yeah Yeah. maybe they have to work two or three jobs and that's you know one of the things i love about some of our friends that we know from around the world Mm -hmm. is they do they take a genuine interest in their kids whether they homeschool or not i i've heard so many times um so my friends talking about their children and and being involved with their kids and taking them places and uh and and i've got friends from all stages Mm -hmm. of life you know some of their their Kids are grown up and out of the house. Some of their kids are just little. Some of their little babies, you know. And it's really fascinating to hear. Mm-hmm. I love it when we run into another friend that cares about their children. Well, there's one last short little story. I'll try to make this really quick. Okay. Really quick. All right. There was one story I heard about when our son was really little. I was watching a, a Christian television program. And this... This young man talked about, well, he was actually older at the time. He talked about when he was a little boy how he was failing school 
he and his brother both were doing very poorly. And they would get home from school and they'd turn on the TV because their mom was a single mom and she worked two or three jobs just to keep a roof over their home and head and peanut butter and jelly. I mean, they had no luxuries other than the TV. And when she realized that they were both going to go nowhere, she she wanted something better for them. She wanted them to get education. So she prayed about it. And what she felt led to do was to turn off the TV and take them to the library. And she made each of the boys pick out two books. And they had to read those two books and write a little blurb about it, a couple paragraphs or page, depending on how old they were. And she would look at that and she'd go, oh, looks like you're doing better at your writing. You know, and she would comment on it. And pretty soon those those boys went from failing their classes to having a little more confidence because they were reading better and understanding more and knew a little bit about different subjects Mm -hmm. and would sometimes raise their hands and they started getting better grades the the one boy that was on the show i had watched he grew up to not only go to college but to become a very famous neurosurgeon wow When he got older, his mother confessed to him that she was illiterate. She didn't know how to read. She didn't know how to read. And all the time she was looking (laughs) at their papers and encouraging them. She couldn't even read it. Wow. And so that story told me that even if I was the worst teacher ever... (laughs) That if I could love and encourage my children and could just be steadfast with them. Point them in the right direction. Point them in the right direction. Encourage them. Put the tools in their hands. Put the tools in the hands that they needed. There is no excuse for anyone in the United States of America or in any other first or second world country not to get an education when we have such awesome public libraries. We have the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can just take a short time to have someone teach you the basics of reading, then I that's my goal with when I homeschooled. I, I told my kids, you know, if I can teach you how to read, then the whole world is open to you and you can learn anything that you want to learn. That's weird because I said, if I can teach you how to turn the TV on, then the whole world will be right at your viewing pleasure (laughs) you're looking at me like and this is why we didn't have cable for the first 17 years we were married this is that isn't true but and and by the way we part of the reason why we didn't have cable for the first 17 years is if we did go out of town and we stayed in a hotel (laughs) you didn't watch one channel for more than two or three minutes and you changed it about 20 times yeah tell on me awful tell on me so, um, but I can't yeah, believe the I, look you just gave. <laughs> She's like got tears in her eyes, and I say something totally dorky. I, um, I just and she just think, looks at me. You know, I'm not, just like this. We have we look. have TV now, but when our kids were little, we we tried to to limit their TV time. Not that we were like paranoid about it, but we wanted them to experience more in life than just couch yeah, potato. Speaking though. of TV, Wonder Woman's on, so we got to close up now. <laughs> oh, God.
Reruns of Wonder Woman are more important than encouraging people. I would just want to reinforce this because it was. It's all your mind. It was red, white, and blue. It was. It was a question about homeschooling. But whatever form of education you choose to use for your children, Mm -hmm. just remember that family matters. And be encouraging and supportive of the kids, and and pay attention to what what their what lights up their eyes, what makes them tick, you know, and try to facilitate in as much as possible for them to have opportunities to to grow and expand those interests. Okay, here's there. the sound of Rick giving Amy a high five. <laughs> Here. <laughs> so uncoordinated <laughs> that was so, hilarious should i close up then or do you want to say something else no that's good okay hey everybody thanks for joining us for the taking with you podcast we'd love to hear from you write to us at rick at takingwithyou.com or amy at takingwithyou.com you can always visit our website and if you have a suggestion or an idea of what you want us to talk about please give those to us This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. We didn't pray for anybody. Oh, why don't you pray for somebody? (laughs) For somebody. God, I just pray for somebody. (laughs) Lord, thank you for each and every person that listened to the podcast today. We do pray that you would help us to love our children the way that you would want us to. And God, whether we homeschool or or send our kids to public school or private school or whatever we do, help us to be interested in their lives and to be part of their lives in a dynamic and awesome way. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you next week on the Taking With You podcast. That's what the Spock says.